You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives and game processing kits now we've all been there before trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife this is where outdoor edge really steps in with the razor safe system you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button no more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game to check out all of the products from outdoor edge visit outdooredge.com and at checkout enter the discount code nation 30 that's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. What's up, guys? My name is Parker McDonald, and I'm your host, and you are listening to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. We've got a great episode for you today. We've got my buddy Joey Bell on the line. We're going to talk through our seasons. It's really just kind of a, a discussion-type podcast episode. We're, we're going to talk about three things that turkey season has taught us this year. And uh, our Alabama season is over now. So if you're in Alabama, you're likely not hunting turkeys unless you're going out of state to do it. Um, but a lot of states are still in. And so um, Joey, our buddy, is from Tennessee. He recently tagged out in Tennessee, got all three of his birds, also went on a trip to Wyoming, killed a bird out there. And um, and so Joey, Joey's been on the show probably, this is his third time, I think. And um, we all kind of joke with Joey uh, through deer season and stuff. He's he's a guy who, who might deer hunt because he considers it the off-season. Turkey season is what he lives for, and uh, and he's obviously pretty good at it. And uh, Joey's also the chapter chair for uh, Tennessee Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. And uh, so we talk a little bit through our seasons, and um, we all mention three things that turkey season has taught us this year. So the way this is structured is you've got Joey, who's been turkey hunting for years and years and years. He's, a, he's very seasoned at it. Um, you got me who's been hunting for a decent amount of time, you know, not, not nearly as long as Joey has seriously, but, um, you know, I've been hunting pretty decent amount of time. I've killed 
a few birds and stuff. So um, you got my perspective and you got Drew's perspective, who Drew is pretty new at this. So it really should cover the full spectrum of turkey hunters, seasoned, you know, kind of seasoned and beginner. And uh, so I think if you find yourself in any of those categories, you're going to be able to get something out of this podcast episode. But before we get into the episode, I want to take a brief minute really quickly to uh, to thank our partners with the show. That's Scree Gear. You can use the code Scree. You can use the code Southern Ground on ScreeGear.com, and that will save you a little bit on your purchase. If you're looking for new hunting camo, um, deer season's right around the corner, and a lot of you guys, I see it all the time on social media. People asking for recommendations for new hunting clothing. Uh, Scree Gear is a great option, so check them out. You can check out NewCanoe.com for all your kayak. Uh, paddle accessories um, anything that you have to have with a kayak you can get on newcanoe.com uh, I love their stuff I love their boats I've been using them now for about four years or so um, it's a uh, it's a really really solid boat huge weight capacity I was actually talking to some people the other day they were asking recommendations whether to get a kayak or a canoe and uh, I started reading through some of the comments and stuff that were on there. People who were recommending a, can- a canoe and the people who were recommending a kayak. And everything that they were saying were pros about their choice. New Canoe covered it. So make sure you check out newcanoe.com for all your kayak needs. Kayak fishing, kayak hunting, whatever that might be. Um, tetherednation.com. Everything saddle hunting from the ground up. They are in the heat of doing teaching trains all over the country right now make sure you go to tetherednation.com to see if they're doing a teaching train in your area more than likely if they haven't already done it they're going to be doing one at some point this uh this summer so go to tetherednation.com also if you're interested in getting into saddle hunting uh this great resource excellent company they uh they've done a lot for the saddle hunting community in the last several years so make sure you check them out at tetherednation.com and last but not least Spartan Forge. I've been uh, lucky enough to be on the front lines of developing some of the things with Spartan Forge. Um, There's going to be a lot of really cool uh, updates coming out on SpartanForge.ai. There's an app being developed so you don't have to go to the web browser. All kinds of really cool stuff for this. There's scouting features, mapping features, um, all kinds of really, really great things that uh, that Spartan Forge is doing. All it is is a, uh, a deer pr- deer movement prediction um, software where they take uh, they take hundreds and hundreds of data points from all across the country from real live deer, and uh, and they put those into this system into this software, and it predicts the way that deer are going to move in your area. It uses your current location and predicts the movement it's really cool it's not gimmicky sounds gimmicky but it's not and uh, it actually does work so make sure you check out spartanforge.ai and you can use the code southern ground at uh at checkout and uh you can save a really a pretty dang good bit on on your purchase you you you're, you'll be able to get this software for uh, about 20 bucks and what you pay right now is going to be what you pay forever so go go uh check out spartanforge spartanforge.ai today all right guys let's get into this episode with joey bell all right everybody i'm super excited about this episode that we've got today 
with uh, with our buddy Joey Bell. Joey is maybe, man, with the exception of Greg Godfrey. We've had Greg on a couple times. Um, Joey, you might be, you may be the only person we've had on three times as a guest. True. Three that. times total, not just turkey hunting. Not yeah. I mean, and that and we we've got you all the way down into turkey season. Like I don't think think we've ever. You don't care much about deer hunting, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't figure you probably want to come on deer deer season. You're still thinking about turkeys. <laughs> oh, dude, it's, it's three sixty five for me, and I'm uh, spoiler alert. I'm tagged out here in Tennessee, and I'm art. The mm-hmm. countdown's already on for April. I think it's probably first or second or something for next year. So you killed a long beard during the fall too, right? I did. It's uh, it's not near as fun, but it it was cool to do just to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of scratch the itch a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a whole different ball game, and it, it's kind of cool too doing it because that's the way they used to turkey hunt. That was the first turkey season. Yeah, uh, they get a turkey before Thanksgiving, so it was it was just neat to do it a different way. And uh, I was really happy and lucky to get one. Um, but and I'll probably do it again this year. You know, just uh kick some time around so what do you do like uh, obviously they're not like gobbling like they are now i know turkeys will gobble during that time of the year uh mostly i hear them shot gobble more than anything what does that hunt even look like to go out let me ask you this were you going specifically to turkey hunt or were you deer hunting and you shot a turkey no i was going specifically to turkey hunt here in tennessee you can't uh they have a shotgun they have an archery season for turkey and then they have a shotgun season uh also in the fall so they have kind of two different two different seasons there and i just went during the shotgun season and tennessee doesn't allow you to carry both shotgun and a bow with you so if i would went during archery season could have took a bow with me and you know shot either deer or turkey but i've uh i'd much rather use a shotgun so i just took one with a shotgun just went turkey hunting do you are you doing like calling and like trying to set up on a bird and call them in? It's a lot different in that. Yeah, you do call, um, but you're just kind of setting the scene that there is a turkey or turkeys in the area. And since you're targeting gobblers and gobblers are traveling with other gobblers, you're kind of doing more like Jake Yelps and you know stuff like that. It's not near as aggressive or the amount of calling that you would do in the spring where, you know, they're gobbling, gobbling on the roost, they gobble coming in sometimes, they got hens with them. I mean, there's those factors you don't really have to take in consideration. Other than that, you try to set up in an area where I did, where there was a lot of sign, you know, they still scratch, you know, they still forage for food and do, do the regular turkey things, food and water. So it was just a lot of waiting, um, kind of just setting up in an area, like I said, calling every 10 15 30 minutes you know in some cases and just you're basically deer hunting turkeys it's kind of what it is and uh you're just hoping they come by and like i said they don't really gobble so you're kind of listening for you know those jake yelps and you're listening for other turkey sounds wing flaps mm-hmm. scratching the leaves you know it's in the fall so all, all the leaves sound like potato chips you yeah, know when they're walking through there so they make a lot of racket so it's fun it's just different that's cool. That's interesting. I've I've wanted to do it um, just for the heck of it, but it's hard to do that when you got deer on your mind. I'm yeah, you deer, like... you deer hunters are a different breed, man. <laughs> as soon as June rolls around, y'all are just turning, y'all just forget about turkeys like like they ain't even done nothing for y'all spring. Bro, I know how it is. You, you ain't lying to me. Come they, on. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm I'm getting close right now 
Um, and I still got another trip. So I'm keeping my mind, I'm keeping my mind right. I still may go to Tennessee this week and, uh, going to Nebraska next week. Um, for the first time, you've actually helped me out a lot on, uh, kind of the specifics on that because the first time you ever came on, we talked about you and your buddy going to, uh, I believe y'all went to two or three different States right then. Right. Or did you just go to Nebraska on that trip? That was just Nebraska. That was the first time we'd traveled out of state to go turkey hunting. So I don't think we were going to try to pile on any states. Yeah, but y'all killed on like, our first go around. Y'all killed what, four or five birds, something like that? We killed five birds in the first four days. And then the next two days, we didn't kill anything. But so we were out there for just about a week and killed all. We had six tags and we killed five of them. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. That was a lot of my inspiration for choosing Nebraska. Um, listening to you talk and then just watching videos and watching other people and hearing other people talk. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty stinking excited about it. I know, uh, I'm going with a, a guy named Zach. Um, and man, we're, we're fired up. We're ready to go. And uh, so I'm trying to keep my mind right, you know, for, I got podcasts to record and videos to make and things like that, that still have to do with turkey hunting. But Man, those deer, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, I, I had, uh, let's see, uh, Friday, was it Friday? Friday was my last, my last day to really turkey hunt. And, uh, I had three bucks come up on me, a bachelor group of bucks that were just starting to, starting to grow little nubs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Hmm, that gets me, that's getting me there. <laughs> it's getting me close. You're going to get real torqued up. You get out to Nebraska, you start seeing the mule deer. Oh, yeah. Uh, some, they probably have a little bit more horns than, you know, what we got down here in the south. So you might get pretty psyched up. You might save, might save some uh, Nebraska knowledge for this coming fall. Listen, uh, you, you're right. I'm going to. Um, <laughs> and, and whitetails and freaking antelope or whatever. I don't even know what they have there. I don't, do they have, is there any predators like really like, like nasty predators around there? They got a mountain lion or two, I think, around there, but it's, and they got coyotes, you know, they got, they kind of got the same things we got out there, well, okay. we got down here. I don't know if they got bears. Well, my um, great uncle, my great uncle done, he told me we got panthers out here. And no. got dang uh, black panthers well, we got be the, running around out here. We got here. them panthers out there at the, at the forest now. He Ooh, seen, painter. he seen them. He seen one. Them painter cats. <laughs> But anyway, so that was a long that was a long way of saying we've got Joey Bell on the show today with us from Tennessee, tagged out in Tennessee with still two weeks of the season left. I think um, I think y'all yep. closed the sixteenth. Today's the third, so mm -hmm. you still got two weeks less of the season, and you're still you're you dang tagged out. Um, yeah, my wife is uh, my wife's glad to hear about it, um, but uh, I'm kind of hoping my buddy invites me along sometime or another, so I don't have to put all my turkey stuff away. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I hear you. I, uh, I I'm I'm kind of going back and forth. I'm putting. I got all my arts. My wife said I was doing arts and crafts because I was putting all my spurs on the necklace and putting all the beards on the mount and doing all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. It actually turned out pretty cool. I got it sitting right here. Um, I've never put the spurs and stuff. I've I've just always just zip tied the legs together and threw them up on the mantle thing right here. And mm -hmm. um, so I finally cut them. <laughs> I cut them up, put them on a little rope or twine, and put some beads on mm -hmm. there. It's arts and crafts time. I went to Hobby Lobby in full camo uh, <laughs> on Friday after my last turkey hunt. Um, but you know, I I go back and forth. I'm like, do I want to start putting away my stuff? 
clean out my truck before I go to Nebraska. I'm like, no, it needs to stay there. I'm not going to clean it out yet. <laughs> you need uh, that stank, that stank and good juju to go to Nebraska. It's, it is the stank. There is a stank <laughs> that happens, and it's a mixture. It's it's a mixture of like Starbucks double shot empties laying in the floorboard plus Jack's mm-hmm. bags. Um, you know, old uh, what are they hash browns from Jack's? Oh yeah, and I know uh, I know all about some Jack's biscuits, man. I eat it like every day. <laughs> to be honest with you, I eat so much Jacks, um, and I drink their coffee and uh, also empty gas station pizza boxes. So somewhere, yep. if you put all those smells together, that's really what a hunter's truck smells like during the fall mm-hmm. and in the spring. And you think to yourself, I should clean it out, but then you're like, but tomorrow it'll just I'll get another gas station pizza box and it's going to be yeah. nice. <laughs> so I might yep. as well just wait until it's all over. <laughs> Um, or you could just be like Drew and never clean your truck ever. <laughs> ever. Ever. I'm so full of stuff right now. Oh my gosh. Drew uh, makes me Drew makes me feel good about the inside of my truck. Um yeah, I got so much stuff in mind right now. As a pastor, Drew, a lot of a lot of fellow pastors um tend to have really detailed vehicles. Like, have you noticed that? Do all the people you work with like have their their vehicles are just clean and they look like they don't yeah. ever do anything in them. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they basically just, you know, go from their house to the church and then back to their house. And like mine, I got like, I got a, I got shotguns in there. I got a rifle in there. I got my trapping stuff in the back of my truck. I got fishing <laughs> gear. I, I mean, I mean, you know, like, like if the world was to end, I would be okay. You know, like, and so, <laughs> um, and I'm not even a prepper. I just, I just, <laughs> Just don't take nothing out of my truck, you know. <laughs> so, I am, man. I got. And, I, I've bought so many uh, Ozark Trail, Walmart, Yeti, like the 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 insulated coffee cups from there because I leave yeah. one in my truck and it just gets all I got the science crusty projects in there. Mine, bro. So I just go buy like a new science one. Science projects in in in, in my coffee mugs. <laughs> it's like, well, it's I'm terrible. trying to grow a new species of mold. <laughs> <laughs> in my man, Ozark trail bad. cups <laughs> it's bad it's bad all and y'all jokers listening week. to this judging us and you know you you're right there you with judge us. us you you can't judge us <laughs> oh they are they in the truck right now what you talking about <laughs> yeah they're looking they're around looking around in they have their headphones in looking around going well crap man <laughs> this, is a pe- this is a petri dish on wheels is what this <laughs> exactly is. i was talking to I was uh, I was hunting during deer season at the, in January when we went down for that bonus buck hunt. And I met up with uh, my buddy Matthew Reeves from Southern Pursuit, and uh, I got into his truck, and that Joker was clean as all get out. And I was like, Matt, like, what is what is going on here? That we're at the end of deer season, you still got season left. Like, how did you? he's like, Oh man, I just decided to go ahead and clean it out. And I was like, Nah, bro, <laughs> no, not no, me. No. I clean it out just enough so somebody can ride with me if they need to. Yeah. Um, but truck stays pretty dirty. Uh, but mm-hmm. but you, Joey, you can clean your truck out now. You really can because you're tagged out. You ain't got, you ain't got nowhere nowhere else to be. I can put my gun away. I'm, I don't think I'm at the point that I could put my vest away yet, just in case somebody invites me to go along with them. So I'm going to keep my vest handy. So, Joey, you uh, you killed most of your birds – at a city park there in Nashville, is that right? A local park. Yeah, in case 
in case if anybody asks about public land on Facebook, Percy Warner Park is the place to go. <laughs> Percy <laughs> Warner Park. That's I mean, it sounds believable. Is it a real park? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a metro metro Nashville park. But uh and I really- mean, you've seen it you've seen it on Facebook every now and then uh, it's daily almost. What am I saying? That somebody's asking about public land, uh, you know, especially in Tennessee or you know, the I mean all the Tennessee groups. They're like, where's some public land to go in Tennessee? And I just say Percy Warner. I don't say park. I was like, go to Percy Warner, full of birds. So I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with that info, but that's the public land I recommend. Are are there really goblin turkeys on Percy Percy Warner Park? There's turkeys there. I don't know if they goblin because I drive by them. I don't don't stick around enough to hear them gobble, but there's turkeys there. Well, listen, goblin turkey's meant to be shot. So (laughs) somebody's probably been out there like, I saw on Facebook a guy told me. He was the chapter chair for the Tennessee Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. He told me I could hunt here. He told hey, me I could hunt here. Public land owner. I mean, it's public <laughs> land. Hey, I could, I could, I could see the game warden pull it up there and just start hollering, and be like, "All right, everybody, get up here!" <laughs> Joe gets up on one side, Catman gets up on the other side of the park. <laughs> Sorry, we'll be back next week. <laughs> Man. <laughs> So, so you you tagged out, Joey. You've uh, you've had a heck of a season. Went yeah. went on a trip to. Did you go to Wyoming? Is that what it was? Yep, that's correct. Went to Wyoming for a week up in. Uh, we were in Area Three, which is around Sheridan, the Bighorns there, uh, for a couple of days. Then we went to Area One to the Black Hills. Okay, and how did that trip go? Uh, it's actually, uh, you know. Before we start recording, you're talking about the thing. You know, we're going to talk about the things we learned this turkey season. I guess I'll go ahead and kick it off. Uh, the first thing I learned, or one of the main thing I learned this turkey season, was is that you don't go to Wyoming in April. And to couple with that, I don't know anything about turkey hunting in the snow. Yeah, so, I was so, going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you about that. So we, uh, so today's episode really is going to be all three of us are Joey's our guest. Um, but Joey really, he's been on enough to feel like he's, he, we're just kind of all co-hosting and just talking through our turkey season. Uh, me and Drew for the state of Alabama and, uh, and Tennessee, I have a few days in Tennessee there. Uh, and then Joey in Tennessee and Wyoming and just kind of talking through some of the lessons that we've learned. Um, I'd, I'd say Joey is probably the most seasoned of all of us in turkey hunting. I'd probably be second and Drew's still fairly, uh, new at turkey hunting. And so kind of hearing perspectives on um, what what can you take away from turkey season um, and maybe that'll help some of the listeners, some of you guys listening, uh, navigate through your, your seasons to list out those things that you feel like you've learned, things that you need to learn, and uh, and maybe you can learn from some of our mistakes and, and flaws. So, Joey, you said go into a state like Wyoming in April um was a bad move so tell us about that tell us what happened we were kind of limited on when we could go my buddy jacob he works in the medical field so he he kind of has to take what he can get as far as time off and this year you know we'd already said we were going to wyoming and he uh he just texted me he said hey i got off the week of april 18th so that's when we were going and uh all the season dates checked out area one where we started out it opened april 1st so we were good there and then area one was uh, the Black Hills and it opened on April 20th. So we were, we could be there opening day, but that was a week we were going to hunt. Um, it was a little shorter than what we normally do. We usually try to go, you know, get in on a Saturday and leave like the next Sunday. So have, 
try to have like at least six or seven full days of hunting. And it was a little shorter this trip. Uh, I had to be back Thursday night because my wife's going to be out of town that weekend. Had to be on baby duty. So the trip was kind of was kind of a little shorter than what we normally do. But the first couple of days, um, Saturday afternoon and Sunday, there's gorgeous weather. We saw a lot of birds. Um, 99% of them were on uh, private in people's yards and their driveways and just, you know, right by the road. Uh, I, we didn't really see any like way out on a big space or a big expanse of private area. Like I was telling a bunch of people about this, like, Hey man, we saw hundreds of birds, but they're all in private. And they're like, Oh, why couldn't you get access? I was like, well, if we got access, we'd be sitting on the porch, you know, just shooting them <laughs> off the porch. And, uh, just, we hadn't got that desperate just yet got close but uh you know we we got lucky on the one we did kill um we were riding around just going to a bunch of different state properties there around the area and we just happened to see this one that was on public went down the road parked the truck and the turkey had some hens with him and he was just on a mission you know they were just marching along went down the road parked the truck and basically slipped up the creek bank and uh popped him over the creek bank i mean it wasn't there wasn't no magical Miriam's moment, you know, where they come in gobbling their heads off and anything like that. I we bushwhacked that turkey. I ain't gonna lie to you. I like that but, uh, magical Miriam's moment. Magical. I'm Miriam gonna have moment. to for those for the videos of Nebraska. I'm gonna have to be like, and this was a magical Miriam's moment, and then have like the dream filter on it and like rainbows. Oh man, when they act right though, it is it. It's something else, you know. Those Miriams love to hear them hear themselves gobble, and uh, that's what we loved about Nebraska, and that's what we were hoping to get out of Wyoming. Um, and we, you know, we heard we heard a few gobbles at a couple places. This couldn't close the deal. Like I said, they were bunch, probably were all, a bunch of them were all private. We actually saw some uh, turkeys roosted right behind somebody's house. Like the tree was in the yard behind this house, and they were roosted in that tree, and they were pitching down like in somebody's front yard is wild so that was area one and we got on a couple birds on private uh on monday morning and uh but sunday night it dumped like six or eight inches of snow on us and like i I don't know anything about hunting in the snow never done it don't know how turkeys act in it i guess out there they're probably used to it so we probably could have closed the deal if we had just covered ground or I don't know what we could have done in area three around Sheridan there to kill more turkeys than we did. I think we kind of did all we could. Um, and then Monday afternoon, we went to the Black Hills. There was still snow out there, if not even more. Uh, drove around all that Tuesday afternoon um, before season and just trying to see where turkeys were. Going down National Service Road, seeing if we could find any tracks crossing. We didn't even see any tracks crossing the road, so that was that was unsettling. Saw a bunch more turkeys in people's yards and in the driveways and around the mailboxes and standing in the middle of the road and and everything else. Um, but uh, Wednesday morning, opening day rolled around. I think we heard heard one turkey goblin on. We thought he was on public, and the closest spot we could get to him, there was somebody parked already parked there. Uh, we had kind of, we parked in another spot just to listen to an area. And, uh, while we were kind of just standing there, nothing had gobbled yet. A truck drove by, had no clue where they were going. So we didn't really think anything about it. And then like five minutes later, that Turkey gobbled, we're like, 
let's go. You know, that's the first turkey we've heard. Let's get after him wherever he's at. And we go down there in that truck that this fastest was parked there. So we're like, oh, you know, maybe we'll, you know, we'll get on another one, blah, blah, blah. So we ended up Tuesday, we covered like 12 or 13 miles in the snow that day. Cover, just covering ground on top of ridges and casting calls out. But man, it was windy, still blowing snow, snowed all day, just whooped our butts all day. Um, Wednesday, the weather finally started getting better, cleared off. Still snow everywhere, so we covered like 13 miles that day in the snow. And mm. that afternoon, we heard a couple gobbles just over the property line on private and set up as close as we could, but they never gobbled again. Saw some hens, uh, so we actually saw turkeys that day and then cut some real fresh tracks in the snow and actually tracked down a little group of hens, but just couldn't close the deal those two days. And... Um, like we said, we left the, we left that Thursday morning and caught our flight back home so I could get home. So looking back, if we had that extra Thursday or Friday or even Saturday, a couple more days, we probably could have filled our tags out there. But that should have, would have, could have, for all I know, we couldn't have killed nothing. That's yeah. just wishful thinking. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was the Wyoming trip summed up. I mean, that's good for people to know who are, like, uh, planning out-of-state trips. You know, a lot of us down here want to go and you know experience something new it, it gets it never gets old hunting them in hardwoods and ridges and all that stuff but um doing something new you know going to a western state and hunting them in kind of plains areas and stuff like that you know and so when you're planning one of those trips like that being able to go and and use this information and be like maybe to play it safe i would go later in may or something like that yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah and even uh, we talked to the game warden when we were out there when did we see him it was opening day we were going to another spot and we passed him on the road and uh, it was actually a guy i talked to on the phone before i went out there i talked to a couple park rangers and the game wardens that i could get a hold of so i tried to do a little homework before we went out there and they all said like hey you could get dumps get some snow dumped on you uh so just be ready and we kind of thought about that before we left. Uh, but they said that the turkeys still acted like turkeys in the snow. They still did what they were, they always do and such and such. They were used to it. Um, and not that I'm saying they're wrong, but we covered, we covered nearly 30 miles and didn't get on any turkeys in a couple of days. So we could have, we should have, would have, could have, again, we should have lucked up on some dumb gobbling turkey somewhere uh, but we did and uh the, the game warden said there's there's more turkeys up in these mountains right now than you than you think i guess they were all huddled up somewhere because we never we never hardly seen them away up in the mountains they were all around you know the the private you know private boundaries and down lower elevations so if my advice to anybody was if you're going west of uh western nebraska um uh, wait till may because there's no telling what could happen during that time heck yeah i'm i'm right there with you man i think that's uh that's some solid info for anybody drew now you are um more green at it you hadn't been turkey hunting just a really long time just like like this this style of turkey hunting um but but you did be you were able to get a shot off and have some encounters 
this year. Um, tell us what's what's something that you as a as a newer turkey hunter, which I could imagine a lot of people listening are would find themselves in a similar uh, a similar situation. That's my son, guys. Just just, just by the way. Oh, oh yeah, there he is. There's yeah. the little man. Yeah. Go back upstairs, buddy. Um, dad life. Dad life. So, yeah, um, had a, some great encounters. Uh, first time actually um, going to the woods with intent on killing a, a turkey only and not just, you know, shooting, going deer hunting and shooting, you know, shooting a turkey. So this is going to sound real basic. Um, Parker, when, whenever you texted me today, the you know, three things. The first thought that I had, and it's going to sound like so basic, I'm going to sound like almost like a baby stupid turkey hunter, you know, <laughs> but – um, like really basic is just, um, walk slowly around turns in the road. Yes. That's not okay. basic because w- th- that is not basic at all because I think, you know, I mean like it's happened the, more than once this season to me, all the turkeys that I encountered this year, I come around to bend, and I'm just like, you know, moseying along and, um, and there they are. There they are. Hold on, guys. Let, let me get my kids out of here real quick, and then, and then we, can, <laughs> we can start this again. Okay, I'm gonna go close the door, and I'll be right back. We're gonna let okay. this be. We're gonna let this moment be on the podcast. Um, <laughs> we're gonna let it stay right here for just for you, Drew, and just for the guys who think, man, those guys really—they must have it so good. They ain't got to take care of kids. They just get to sit around and talk about deer hunting and turkey hunting all the time. That ain't, no, tr- baby, ain't true. Baby. Two month olds hollering upstairs. The other two got away from from their mama. So you know, I told I tell but, my kids I'll beat them if they come in here. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> no, what not really. Parker like got electric I'm fence up. Here, I'm trying to do it off screen, but I'm like doing like this. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but okay, on the real, like every turkey encounter that I had this year, I'd come around a bend or or a curve or something. And Parker, the one that should have died. The actual one that should have died um, was right in the middle of of the road, and we had stopped at an intersection. And I turned back to Parker, and I'm like, "Hey, do you, you want to try it right here?" And Parker's like, "Yeah." And then just as he goes to do it, I kind of look down the road, and right in the middle of the road, a big old fan. I'm like, "Whoa!" You know, I'm like, "Holy crap!" And then so we just like, got his hands all full of a strutter decoy and <laughs> I mean, all, we were real we were legitimately just going to go and sit on this green field that had that w- we knew had turkeys on it there's turkeys in the yeah. area and we were just going to go sit there and so drew's hands are full i've got a camera and i'm i'm recording and he's like i think i see one and i'm like yeah well do you is it one? And he's like, and then I saw it do like this, cut, cut, cut across the road. I'm like, oh yeah, it's one. It's one. And I was like, is it a, is it a gobbler? Like, what is it? I think it's a gobbler. I think I saw it. Just, I think it's strutting. And, and that's uh, like the first time that like that moment, that rush of adrenaline hits you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, in, cause I've, I've, I've only felt it, you know, pulled back on a deer or, or getting ready to kill a buck or whatever. But like Parker's like, is it turkey? I'm like, oh no yes you know like and so and i said i said how far is it like 40 yards i was like well can you shoot it <laughs> and he's like i don't know no. i don't think so no like, all I, right I, I, so we set up and i'm trying to stick the stupid decoy down down in this rocky soil and it's not working so parker's like just throw it to the side i'm like just throw it to the side which by the way joey if you have a parker okay just be ready to be bossed around the whole entire time <laughs> 
is uh is he like hunting with lieutenant dan oh, sit down shut up hey it's seriously like he goes shut down sit down and i'm like okay so i like sit it down and you I, tell and this I, story I like, i'm gonna tell the rest of it after you're done talking talk about this lesson that you learned because it was funny <laughs> as crap and so i'm sitting there and like i'm, I'm like shoving it down and I was like, get over and get hit i'm like okay so i like and it, it goes crunch down. I'm like, Parker, I'm 300 pounds. I can't scrunch down nowhere. You know? Get behind that like, little pine tree. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, get up against that pine tree. I'm like, you know? And, dude, as soon as we sit down, Parker hammers, and he is right. He hammers right back. And that's the first time I felt one, like, that close. I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm. Stupid man walks right up the road. And Parker's laid out kind of looking down the road. And, he, and Parker's like, he's coming. He's coming in and he was hammering. So I click off safety and, <laughs> and Parker's in like, Drew, click off safety. I go, what? He goes, click off safety. I'm like, I did five seconds ago. Like, I like, you know, and he, he walks right up to us five yards and just stops, looks around, walks right back down. He never showed. And I said, mm. I said, uh, I said, Drew, do not shoot the turkey that's about to show up. Because, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, you know, I mean, when you get when you when you haven't ever really done a lot of spring turkey hunting, like it's hard it's hard to to know yeah. those things like the the color of the head and mm-hmm. the waddle and and all that kind of stuff, you know, that you that more seasoned turkey hunters have seen it, and you kind of can see the difference in the two. When you're sitting yeah. there in the moment and you hear a turkey gobble, and then all of a sudden a turkey comes down the road. I was like, do not shoot the turkey that shows up. Because, <laughs> I mean, it was almost in my gun barrel. And, I, and I'm just like, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, dude. I, and I was like, maybe she'll come on. He will. Never did. She walked back down the road. He gobbled maybe one more time. And we never. Yeah, I mean, he gobbled. I, I would say he gobbled probably four, maybe five times in that little window. And she, she kind of just pulled a heifer move where she just like. Mm-hmm. She came to check out to see what was going on before he came. There's no telling how close that turkey was to us. I mean, he could have been, as they were coming down the road, he could <laughs> he could have been just right out of sight. And I would bet, yeah. I would bet that he was. And I told you later on, Drew, that if I were if I were by myself in that situation where mm-hmm. um, I just have to hide one person, I would have probably right. crawled on that on that bird. It's harder right. to do that while I'm trying to film. You're the shooter, like it is really tough to do that. You really have to have to do it the way we did it. But yeah. being by yourself, those type of situations, and to go back to your point of take those turns in the road really slowly, um, mm-hmm. it gives you a minute to assess the situation. You know, if you yeah. if you can, if you and it's it's painful, man. It's painful while you're walking through the woods like that to take sleep i mean we've been going all morning long we've been walking we've been doing all kinds of stuff and um it's hard to discipline yourself to do that but yeah when you in like in that scenario we should have killed him he should have he should have come to us we didn't know there was a hen there first off mm-hmm. no. um we all all you saw was one turkey and he gobbled yeah. so we had no idea there was a hen there that was going to do that but it gave us time with you seeing him like that it gave us time to step back out of view and say, all right, what do we want to do? You know? And so right. I can't tell you how many times Joey in Tennessee, when I've hunted Tennessee, uh, especially in places where there's fields, 
and you have those field gaps, like mm-hmm. walking through those field gaps and you're just walking along, you know, you've walked through 15 <laughs> that day and you finally get to one and a turkey flies off and you're like, well, freaking crap. If I would have just taken yeah. that one, like I did the other 15, then I probably would have killed that bird. It happened to me this year in Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a good one, Drew. I don't think that's, I don't think that's elementary at all. That's like, okay, well, I think everybody could probably do that better. Um, in my mind, I was just like, almost like an idiot when I get on here, all these turkeys, I'd be like, walk slowly around the curves. <laughs> no, man. I think that's that, a uh, really good lesson. Yeah. That reminds me, I've heard Dave Owens say this a few times on, you know, whatever podcast or whatever he's the hundreds that he's been on. And he said it several times. He, he walks through the woods or he makes his way through the woods and he always, you have to always assume that there's a turkey within like 50 yards of you. Yes. Just just have that mindset, you know, just the way you're walking. And even when you go to strike one, if there's one 50 yards away, you don't start, you know, blowing his head off, you know, with a bunch of cuts, you kind of start off soft and kind of cover a small area. Then you increase your level, cover a big area and so on and Mm -hmm. so forth. So just, and I tried to do that too, you know, just, ambling through the woods i'm as guilty as anybody else and i do it probably every time i go to the woods just be stomping through the woods trying to get to a spot and yeah. not thinking about anything in between in between there yeah i i yeah um we can kind of end that but i do want to like i can't tell you in, in the last week of turkey season so last week 103 days and all three of those days i had similar situations happen where I wasn't paying attention. Could have probably made a game plan on a bird. Didn't do it. Um, one of them, he should have busted me. He didn't, but he should have. I was coming down yeah. the road, and um, I knew there was a turkey goblin. He was across the property line. I was just walking down the property line, and uh, it was like a fire break type thing. And I, I'm just walking. Like I know exactly that this turkey is going to be in this field, and I still was just walking carelessly and i got to a point and i saw red and i was like oh crap and back yeah. up so just just taking those taking those type of situations you know slowly is a good thing i think uh i think my number one thing that i learned this year um is don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone as far as places that you're gonna go and hunt um this year i had a really solid season especially right off the bat and uh, altogether I had a solid season as far as hearing turkeys gobble and uh compared to last year where I had way more days to hunt and I heard turkeys gobble in Alabama like maybe three days three or four days out of the season this year um what I said was I'm going to commit to driving further to better places but that time spent is going to be a lot more valuable than the closer place that I'm probably not going to hear any gobbles. And I ended up killing Mm -hmm. more turkeys and I killed turkeys faster. Um, One place that I went to where I killed every single bird that I killed in this, in this one area. And uh, I think I hunted it six times, six days and I killed three birds. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously that was a valuable move and that was a good two hour drive for me to get there. So I was waking up super early, but it's more valuable time. Whereas the place that I go to here at home, um, it's only about 45 minutes away from me, but I'm kayaking and I'm doing all that kind of stuff. 
And so my time is actually really similar as far as when I'm stepping into the, into the turkey woods. Um, when you when you put in taking the kayak out of the truck and then actually go into the spot in the water, all that stuff added together, really driving time really isn't anything other than gas money. And mm-hmm. obviously, as we talked about, what, what did you say? Uh, KC said on the element. Shout out to KC. Yeah, using um, that using that Biden gas. <laughs> Using that Biden gas, burn up Biden gas. So it only cost me about four hundred and seventy-five dollars to drive, uh, to drive two hours. Um, Shout out to the Element Podcast, Casey Tyler. No, but but seriously, it was definitely worth the drive. Another yep. thing that I did was uh, I've actually got I've gotten on a lease for deer season um, to take my daughter, so I can take my daughter hunting, and uh, I, I just don't feel like the kayak. Uh, public land thing at 2 a.m. is going to fit her. And so uh, she's getting to the age where she's really interested in it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend 600 bucks and get on a lease. That ain't, that ain't much to get my kid into, into hunting and be able to take her with me. And so I got on that lease, and it's about two hours away for me to get there as well. Um, and it doesn't have a lot of turkeys, but I, uh, every day except for one, I heard turkeys gobble and I had opportunities to, uh, kind of opportunities. They were all across the property line, but mm-hmm. I was at least in the, Joey, in the game. Joey, Joey, don't let him fool you. He obsessed over this one turkey <laughs> for like five days, dude. Like it was one turkey. It was bad, and, man. And I had, it happens. Bad. let me tell you, let me tell you quick, quick story break on this, on this one turkey. Uh, and then we'll kind of move on. So my point here is don't be afraid to drive a distance to get to a place where you can spend your time more valuably. You may not get to go as many days and commit to going two hours away or whatever, but it could be a lot more valuable. So well, on Parker, I'd, I want to add on to that. Uh, and then I'll let you tell your story. Sorry. Uh, but you know, I could, I, we were kind of joking around about people asking for, asking about public spots you know on some of these facebook turkey hunting pages or whatever and uh we kind of joke around with some of the answers we give them but one legit piece of advice i could give to somebody that is looking for a public spot to go to is just get you a map and i'll use tennessee as an example and maybe get you a, a little compass or even get on the internet if you can do this and draw a like a 60 mile radius around mm-hmm. all these major cities so start in memphis nashville chattanooga knoxville and just draw you a circle around all those cities and stay away from everything within those circles and make the trip out to some of these you know lesser less pressured areas and make a couple calls to the property managers to see what population is like and uh parker just like you said just invest your time on better places that way instead of going 30 minutes down the road or across town on the other side of Nashville or wherever, where everybody else is going to be going and just take an hour and a half drive, take a couple hour drive in the morning and uh, put your boots on better ground. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, uh, It was, it was, it was hard for me. I'll tell you, there was a couple things that were hard for me. Number one, I love using my kayak. Like it, to me, it's like, like, all the videos that I do are kind of based around that style of access, right? And so it was really hard for me to say, you know what, I'm not going to use my kayak. I'm going to go into this other place where it's just all walk-in access. But, I mean, while it may not have been as, you know, unique or as whatever, I killed more turkeys. 
So, and I, and I had, I had better hunts and that's what we're always going for. Right. Like that's what we want to do. You don't want to do anything that's going to pigeonhole you. Right. That you never want to do that. I want to, the reason I started using a kayak is because I wanted to be successful. If I could have found success without it, then I probably would have never picked it up. But for deer, (laughs) you know, for me and deer, like that's, that's a very valuable way for me to hunt them. And, uh, just on the place where I hunt typically, and I'll get more into this in some of my other points later on. Um, but, uh, the kayak just, I didn't need it. You know, I didn't need it for these areas, but so this story, this bird, uh, the property line bird, like I said, there's not a lot of turkeys out here. Not a lot at all. I went out there last, so two weeks ago, Friday, and I hadn't been there since opening day. I hunted it opening day, didn't hear a single turkey gobble. Um, that's a lie. I heard one turkey gobble because somebody on a neighboring property shot and he shot gobbled. And actually, as I've looked at the map, pretty sure it's this same exact freaking turkey um, that I'm about to tell you about. <laughs> so our property is mostly like four-year-old pines. Um, so it's really, really thick. Um, not real tall, but really thick. Um, hardly any hardwood bottoms and stuff like that. It's mostly cut over. A few SMZs and stuff in there. Friday, two weeks ago Friday, I had this bird gobble, and he was right on the property line in one of the SMZs. So I'll walk over there and uh, and tr- try to figure out where he's at. I'm still not super familiar with this area anyways, but it's at the very back end of this, this little piece. And so um, he's gobbling, he's gobbling like crazy. And so I get there, and I'm just start calling to him and trying to get him to, you know, let me know where he's at. Figure out he's on this SMZ, walk over there after he flies down. Well, he had flown and walked. He would covered like freaking 500 yards when I got there in the five minutes it took me to get there. And he was out close on this point, close to a big field. And I sat on him right on the property line. I gave myself just enough space to where he could walk across that property line and I could kill him. And uh, I bet that bird gobbled 350 times. He gobbled and gobbled to everything. I'd stop <laughs> calling. He'd keep gobbling. Like, he wanted me to come to him. And uh, I couldn't do anything. I, I just couldn't do anything with that bird. He would not come closer. So I walked to the property line and figured out why he wasn't coming any closer. It's because there was a real, like, a real thick uh, bottom, a real thick creek mm. bottom had probably been cut at some point. It was just nasty thick. And I was like, well, crap. So I had to go. I had to leave. I left a turkey that gobbled 350 times because I had to leave. (laughs) And uh, so I left him, started trying to make a game plan, uh, went back two days later. Exact same thing happened, um, except he wasn't roosted on our property. He was roosted on the other property. So I get to the property line. I know exactly pretty much. I sat there for probably 10 minutes just to make sure he was going to do the exact same thing. And sure enough, he did. So I walked the property line and ends up turning into this fire break trail. And it goes all the way to this field. And this is the moment that I was telling you that I was just walking, knowing exactly where he was. And he uh, he was standing out there 30 yards from me on this private field. And so I backed up, sat down, filmed him for a little bit. I had my gun pointed at him, just waiting. All he had to do was just step out of that field and onto that fire break, and I could have shot him. And, uh, I mean, I, I sat there for an hour and a half with him at 35 yards, gobbling his head off, and he would not budge. I would scratch in the leaves. 
I wasn't calling a whole lot, you know. But the, w- the weird thing about this bird is if you didn't talk to him, he was going to work his way off. He wasn't going to come any closer, mm-hmm. but he was going to work. He was going to leave. He's going to lose interest. Mm-hmm. And so um, I sat there, and all of my moral compass is just like, going every which way i'm like i could shoot this turkey if i wanted to if i was if i was an outlaw i would have shot him man and uh uh but you know the thing that kept coming back is like it's not worth it it's just a freaking bird you know mm-hmm. you'll kill more of them he's not gonna be the last turkey you ever kill and uh and plus if i if i shot him i couldn't share the video which is really good video of him mm. so i was like all right back out leave he ends up working his way off anyway so i left and uh started trying to come up with a game plan like how am I going to kill this turkey the only way I'm going to kill this bird is if I can get permission to hunt this little property and it's 100 acres right guy named Brian T will keep his privacy safe his on Onyx is a great thing about Onyx it tells you property names or uh, landowner names it says Gerald T life estate and then it has his name Brian T listed so I figured Gerald probably died found Gerald's obituary Found his son's name listed, listed, and uh, so I start making I start making Facebook, you know, stocks and like Carter's talking to the dead about you know trying to find turkeys. Yeah, I'm like so, <laughs> so I go on Facebook, find this guy, and notice that we have a mutual friend, which is a pastor at our church. I call this pastor and I was like, "Hey, do you know this guy?" He said, "Yeah, he goes to the church. Super cool guy." I was like, "No freaking way! He goes to the same <laughs> church that I work at. This is awesome." So I call this guy, I call this Brian, and uh, I said, do you own property here? And he was like, no, I'm sorry, I don't. And he's like, uh, Mm. and I was like, gosh, dang it. And so uh, he was like, but um, there was another guy with the same name, uh, and the way he said it was funny. He said, there's a gay man from the same town, um, and it, it was just really funny the way that he said it. It's, it's the South. <laughs> the way people say stuff like that's funny. Um, he said, there's a gay man, same name, uh, that was from the same area. I was like, all right, that gives me what I need to know. Find this guy on Facebook. He owns a salon um, and is, like, down in Florida. Find him on Facebook. Greg Godfrey is a mutual friend of me and this guy. So I called Greg and I was like, Hey dude, do you know this, this guy, Brian? He was like, yeah, I do. I did design work for him. I did some, uh, marketing stuff for his salon when they first opened. I was like, well, do you have a contact for him? He said, yeah, sure. Let me send you some stuff. So he sent me some stuff, call this guy. And he was like, uh, he said, he called me, he called, I left him a message at the, at that salon and he called me back and he's like, is this Parker? And I was like, yeah, it is. And this is real random. I got a really weird question for you that maybe you've never been asked. I said, do you own property in this area? And he said, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even know that was a town in Alabama. He said, but it sounds like you're doing a lot of work to try to find the guy that owns this property so you can kill that turkey. And I said, yes, sir, I am. And uh, I said, it's driving me crazy. He said, uh, he said, all right, well, I can tell you this. There's another man with the same name. <laughs> That's the exact same age as me, and uh, he said his dad was a farmer, and his name was, uh, what did I say it was? Gerald. He said his dad's name was Gerald. He said, I I bet you that's the same guy. He's the same age as me. He's 44 years old. So I'd start going in ultra stalker mode 
of like, I'm going to find, I have talked to two men from the same small town in Alabama, and neither one are the, the right guy. This next guy has to be him. So I go onto one of those like creeper pages, like ancestry type, where you like find your, <laughs> find everybody's I told you, Joey, like, I told you. Like, <laughs> Parker be using the whole six degree of separation trying <laughs> to get to this turkey. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. So I go to this guy, I, I find a profile on like yellowpages.com or something like that. And it's one of those that you have to, you, <laughs> it's one of those that you have to pay for. Um, it, it costs like $3 to get the info. I was like, screw it. I'm paying for it. So I paid the three bucks to get this guy's information and I find the dude. Okay. 44 years old, Brian K last name, exact name that's on, on X. And he's that age, he's 44, which the guy from Florida told me he was going to be 44 years old. Find him. He's got the right address, same everything. And he, there's like five phone numbers listed for this guy, and none of them are connected. They're all disconnected numbers. And so my search was over. The only thing that I could have done is gone to the address that was listed in this small town, and which maybe he lived there, maybe he didn't. I don't know. I'm, I don't feel like I wasted $3 because I, it would have been a great story. <laughs> Um, I ended up going back and getting back on this same turkey, and he was on another property anyways. Um, but he was doing the exact same thing, and this time, this was Friday. I thought I was going to kill him. I struck him up at like 1 o'clock. Didn't even realize there was a little a little tiny field right across the property line. I thought, oh, I'm about to kill this bird. But the same thing happened. I crept up to the property line, saw the field, saw the bird in the field. It was over. That was, my, that was the end of my turkey season. Um <laughs> But that was a long way of of getting to the point of <clears throat> go places, go places that are a little bit further. Invest your time wisely. <laughs> and if you find well, a you- goblin turkey on private land, there is no freaking excuse for not working to try to find that. Pr- like at that point, dude, I didn't even care. I didn't even care. Like, I, I what do you want me to pay? If I could have got a hold of this guy, like, will you take five hundred dollars for me to go out here and shoot this bird? Like, woo! He actually I, asked me, Joey. He, I was in the car with him, and he's like, "You want to go over there to his house?" I go, "No, I, <laughs> no." <laughs> like, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I was invested. So. I was invested. I was. All right, Joey. We're back to you, man. And <clears throat> we 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 took a really long time doing our first ones, so. <laughs> I'll try to keep it short. Uh, but yeah, the second thing I learned was just how important uh, my setup needed to be and the difference that uh, green up really makes between early season and, you know, mid to late season. And this season was all three turkeys that I killed in Tennessee died within three minutes of them hitting the ground. And that was the first time that's ever happened. Well, I killed one off the roost, uh, right off the roost a few years ago, but Ever since, you know, it's mostly been mid-morning, late-morning, afternoon birds. But this this year, I just made it the point that if I heard a turkey goblin, I was going to get as close as I could to that bird uh, without him seeing me. You know, tighten out of sight, I think is what, what I've coined the phrase on Facebook or whatever. And in early season, I killed the, the first two turkeys within a couple of days of each other. And uh, they were both roosted in both situations were kind of on the top third, like the bottom of the top third of the ridge, you know? And so I just got on the other side of the ridge and 
got right across from him and got up on top and got as close as I could to him, you know, within like 20 yards of that, you know, that lip, that little edge or whatever. And they couldn't see me. It was wide open woods. And so that's where I kind of figured out, you know, cover would make a difference here. Um, because when those, uh, when the first two turkeys that came up, I was just wide open. Like I said, I was just sitting at the base of a tree. It was just leaves on the ground. There wasn't any brush or anything around. I was just sitting there. And in those two situations, the turkeys come up, they gave me like two seconds and I was able to get a shot off. But if I had, if I would wait another second, they would both left. And so, and some cover would have made a difference, but it really made me think about my setup, you know, just getting as tight as I could to those things and not really give them a chance to go anywhere else because the majority of the time, you know, that we've heard and seen and everything else, turkeys will pitch uphill when they come off the roost because they don't want to fly a great distance if they don't have to. So they try to kind of land on the same level that maybe they roosted at or just land on the same spot they took off from. So I had kept that in mind and I was betting on that. And uh, when they, when they pitched off and landed and landed, they had no choice, but to either go down into this bottom where no other turkeys were, or they were going to come up on the ridge and either meet up with some other hands that I heard on the ridge or start strutting and gobbling and trying to attract hands. So I just put myself in those situations where they almost had no choice other than to come up to me or go some, you know, go somewhere where they definitely wouldn't be going any other time. So that's, it just made me think, that's what really made me think about, you know, my setups, you know, throughout the season and in the future, you know, just being where the turkeys want to be. And in those situations too, like the calling was very minimal. Mm -hmm. And this last bird that I killed today's Monday when we're recording. So it was yesterday, Sunday morning. Um, the only calling I did was when I clucked and he stuck his head up. Um, and I felt really good after that. You know, it just made me feel real confident in a setup, you know, when, when that's all the calling you have to do is to get a good shot on a turkey. Uh, man, it just, that fired me up. And that was probably the most rewarding turkey hunt that I'd been on. And he had been on the ground for a couple of minutes, but it was, uh, I really enjoyed that. And I thought the only other calling I guess I did on that hunt was I flat my hat, you know, against my leg to, to simulate a wing, uh, a hen flying down. And then I just scratched in the leaves a little bit and I, that was it. I didn't do anything else. And, uh, he come up there, check me out and give me, like I said, those couple seconds. And, uh, what was good this last time was there, it was later in the season, you know, it greened up a lot. You know, I'd been to Wyoming in between the second Turkey and the third Turkey got killed. So we had some brush growing, you know, getting some leaves on it. There was a lot of leaves on the trees. So I think that really helped me get uh, really tight to this turkey because I think uh, I think this was the same turkey that I'd messed with Saturday morning. Uh, I got to the woods late. You know, I messed my alarm clock. Kind of, I messed it. I messed up setting it. So I set it for like 3.30 p.m. instead of a.m. So I was, an hour, <laughs> I was about an hour and a half late to the woods. <laughs> But uh, when I got to the woods Saturday, this turkey was kind of on this finger, this little finger off of a main ridge. And when I walked in the woods, I heard him gobbling there. And I kind of, I got as close as I could to him that time. But it was like the closest I could get when I first approached him was like the other side of another finger. It was within like a hundred yards of him. But long story short, that bird just 
paste strutted and gobbled for like three hours and i made another move tried to get a move across the other ridge and just make a big j hook and all this other stuff try to get around him never could do it and he shut up and left and why i think that was that same turkey uh that i killed sunday morning was he was roosted exactly where he was strutting and gobbling uh the previous day and so i was like i've got to get in tight to this bird he's going to drop down if anything, he'll maybe come up to the top of this ridge and kind of hang out for a minute, see if any hens come down or come to him, and then he might go to his little finger again. And so I was like, I just got to get as close as I can. If I bump him, I bump him, you know. And I got real close, and thankfully leaves were on the trees because I think I did see him fly down. And somehow he didn't see me get in there and, and sit and sit down. Um, but just getting super tight on turkeys – and really thinking about where those turkeys wanted to be and where they might land after roost, I think yeah. is what really, what I really learned. That's good. That's a good one. I, I, there's nothing else really to even say about that. Like setup is everything, especially on the roost like that. So Drew, what you got? You got something else, Joey? Are you going to say something? Well, else? well, I, I was going to add to that. This, I think this was the first year that I killed all my turkeys without with zero decoys. I think last year I was present for the for like seven turkeys getting killed and one was killed over decoy so i over the over the past few years i've tried to wean myself off of them and just kind of step up step my game up a little bit more uh so it was really fulfilling this year to have i have have that jake decoy and i had it in the truck and i took it to wyoming but you know we talked about the story about wyoming but uh that thing just sat in the truck uh, all season and i never even got him out uh, in Tennessee. So that was, that was, that was pretty cool. rewarding to me. That is neat. That's cool. Drew. Uh, I would say that good woodsmanship trumps good calling. And, um, that, that's what I learned. And the two, the two times that, um, one, the first encounters with turkeys that I had, I, I was by myself, um, and Sunday after church, um, got out there around four thirty. was easing around and I saw two big toms in, um, in a greenfield, um, on our club. And, um, <laughs> you know, stupid me. I mean, I thought, I, you know, I've been watching all these videos. I can call, you know, and, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I can't do that. Um, and so, um, it's a lot different when you're just, you know, in your truck. And then in that moment, like my adrenaline was just through the roof. I put that call in my mouth completely dry. I'm like, what is going on? Like, you know, I tried to get my water bottle. I choked on my water bottle. Cause I left my, my call in my mouth. Tried to, it was just terrible. And, um, cause I was, I was just like, dude, this is, this is insane, man. Cause I was like, I could kill a Turkey on my own. And, um, you know, I, 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 I literally choked and figuratively choked all at the same time. And so, but it, looking back on one of that hunts um and i actually took parker to that spot if if i was doing it over again what i would have done is um use the creek bed right there get down then come up on top of that green field and um, shot the turkey because they he he was spitting and drumming and i heard him and that was really cool it's first time me ever hearing that on an actual turkey hunt and um so that that was the first encounter then the one with me and parker we actually um we actually went, I mean, it, it, it was a good turkey hunt. Like we, we, <laughs> this hand comes up, spoils it all. So we just dropped straight down and we used a drainage, a real thick drainage going down to one of our, our green fields. And we get down there and, and we're covered up, man. Like you can't see us at all. And 
uh, uh, Parker starts, um, you know, getting the call a little bit and um, three turkeys come out. And Joey just goes back to what I said about earlier about Parker, you know, and if you don't want Parker, okay, just be prepared. Okay. Um, and so I'm sitting there and three turkeys come out and they come out right in the sunlight and I can't see them. I just can't see them. And then Parker's like, Drew, there's three of them. I'm like, that's awesome. That's, that's <laughs> Parker. Like, where, where he, he goes right in the middle of the greenfield. And I'm like, looking in the middle of the greenfield. I'm like, Parker, I, I don't see him, man. He goes, click off safety. I'm like, I don't, I don't see them, Parker. He goes, Drew, how can you not see them? You know, and I'm like, my exact <laughs> words were, my words were, uh, Drew, you have got to see these turkeys. Yeah, Drew, you have got to see these turkeys. <laughs> this whole video is just go. It's gonna be. It's just a comedy of errors, man. But, uh, but they they ended up coming right to us. Um, and and I ended up shooting one, and I actually hit the dog on thing, and I. I've never blood trailed a turkey in my life, but that's what we kind of did there for a little bit because we went back and looked at, at the footage and, and I hit him. Um, I just don't know how I didn't kill him, but man, from, from a setup, uh, it was, it was perfect, man. I mean, it was thick and, and we used the drainage. We went right down it. They, they popped up about 60 yards and came right at us. And, but once again, I actually knew that, you know, I knew the lay of the land and all that stuff. And I was like, Parker, where's your eaves down? This drainage is thick. And, and it worked out perfect, except for me, you know, uh, blow, blowing the shot. But good woodsmanship trumps good calling. That's what I found. We, uh, yeah, I would I would agree with that, you know, 100%. You can take the Grand National Champion, you know, out of Nashville. If you don't have any woodsmanship, he ain't going to kill no turkey. Right. He may, he may luck up uh, because he's so good of a caller, but – 99.9% of us can't call that good. And right. I I kind of have this little analogy that those guys on the uh, on the championship stages, you know, Nashville or state, you know, championships, those guys are the opera singers of uh of turkey communication. That's the epitome of turkey communication, just like the opera singers in our world, that's the epitome of people right. singing. The rest of us are like karaoke singers. We're not that good, but everybody knows the words to the songs. And I think it's what it, what happens in the turkey woods. It's all about, you know, cadence, how loud you're calling, what sounds you're making, yelps or clucks or whatever. They don't have to sound perfect. You just have to get the message across. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and also in yours, Drew, uh, and this could go with woodsmanship or just, you know, learning turkeys is what, what can I get away with? You know, mm-hmm. for for a guy who's been deer hunting your whole life, um, deer, man, I mean, you, you can't hardly stalk up on a deer, like right. truly stalk up on it. Um, right. Turkeys, there's a little bit, there's a little bit more that you can get away with, and mm-hmm. uh, as long as you can stay out of their line of sight, the hearing, right. the 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 sound doesn't spook them nearly as bad as it would a deer. Yeah. Um, you know, and in both of those situations, Drew, when you were by yourself and we were looking at it, I was like, man, I would have just, I would have taken that creek and then yeah. popped up on top. But for a guy who's new to it, like it's a wild animal, wild, and it's a very paranoid wild animal. And so you don't think you can always get, get away with it. And it goes back into what you're talking about too, Joey, on getting tight um, yeah. into your setups. That's the thing that has taken me so long to try to figure out with turkeys, especially trying to kill them coming off the roost like that, is how close can I actually get? 
And most of the time, what ends up happening is the way I learn is I accidentally get closer than I'm comfortable with and realize mm-hmm. that I got away with it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. If you, um, if you don't, if they don't see you, I mean, you can crawl up and shoot them. You know, uh-huh. people do that all the time. And uh, even in my case this year, I'm not quiet in the woods in the dark. I sound like a drunk elephant bumbling <laughs> through the woods in the dark and I'm, I'm breaking sticks and everything else. But I think what saves me and others like me is that there's so much racket on the forest floor at night, armadillos, deer, yeah. whatever else running around. And, you know, I just, they don't see me, so they don't really perceive it as a threat. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think that's, that's really important for new guys is learning, learning yeah. those boundaries, you know? Um, so my, I guess my second one, um, my second one was going to be, uh, Joey, it was going to be talking about, um, kind of almost what you, what you really said as far as like, you know, learning, learning my setups better, but I guess going mm-hmm. further into that same, same type, uh, theme, I guess, as far as your setups go, um, number two for me was doing everything I can to take away obstacles for a turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had, I, I had a lot of encounters with birds this year that, um, maybe some of them, I knew there were some type of obstacles, like a ridge that they had to go up, which they say, you know, you'd rather have to call them up than down. I'd rather just call them level and remove any, mm-hmm. any type of obstacle away from them. And, uh, that, that was one thing that I, after uh, many failed setups this year on turkeys, um, the last bird that I killed, which was that the big long spurred one, uh, I think the thing that really killed him for me was I didn't do what maybe might be the normal thing to do, which is I was on top of a top of a knob that he was just on. I knew he was just there. He gobbled down in the bottom. A lot of people, myself included, would have just sat down and tried to call him up, and more than likely he would have just worked his way away. He may have come up but I didn't think he mm-hmm. would. So the thing that I did was I got down, I worked around and got down in that bottom with the, with the bird and just quietly worked my way. You know, people can watch that video to kind of see what I did, but um, I got into the bottom with him and that's ultimately what ended up killing him. That's a really quick one, but that is, uh, that's something that can make or break a, a turkey hunt. I, I talked about the turkey, uh, the bird, that I was hunting all week last week that was on the property line or across the property line. There were times on Friday, this, the, when I struck him up in a different part of another property, um, which was as a crow flies only, you know, probably a hundred yards from the other place where I was at, but it was a different property. And I thought that day I struck him up at one o'clock. He hadn't gobbled on his own all day. I wasn't, I was close enough that I would have heard him. And I struck him up, and he closed distance quick. But when I got down to that property line, what the actual property line is, is like a six-foot creek, like a six-foot like gorge of a, of a creek. And it just eroded so much that it was just a straight-down thing. And when I got up to it and saw how far he actually came, he came right to that creek. And there's a decent chance that if that, if that, creek wasn't there I would have probably killed him because he was closing distance really quick but he just didn't want to cross that and 
Um, sometimes you can't do anything about it. Sometimes you don't know that there's something there. But if you do know that there's something there, do whatever you can because otherwise you're just wasting time. Um, I know, Joey, mm-hmm. the first time you ever came on, you talked about some birds that came up like a bluff. And so mm-hmm. sometimes they will do that. Sometimes they'll go up obstacles and cross creeks. And I've heard Ricky Bullard, who talked to a couple weeks ago, he was in Kentucky, and he had a bird fly across the river to him. Mm-hmm. Like, that stuff happens. But more normally, what happens is they're not going to do that. You know, yeah, there's no way mind. you can assume you can't assume something like that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's there's freak you know freak scenarios. That's all good and dandy, and those mm-hmm. are great when they happen. But I'm going to try to do everything I can to get uh, in a spot where there's no obstacles, and even it can be a a creek. It can be going up a ridge, going down a ridge. It can be a a thicket that you don't know is there. Um, to be honest with you, that turkey that I ended up killing. I would have probably killed him right off the roost if I knew that there was a thicket. There was a thicket in between where me and him were at. Um, and he didn't want to come any closer, so he just went up the other side of the ridge. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those those kind of things happen. But doing making those smart, like, quick decisions in the moment. Because right? you got to make a lot of decisions when you hear turkey gobble, especially if he hadn't gobbled a lot. You hear him gobble, you all you have to figure out where he's at. Why is he there? How did he get there? And where is he going to go? You know, where do I have the best chance? And so I think that's probably my going to be my second one and maybe one of the more important ones for me this year is getting on getting on their level, get rid of any obstacle. Mm-hmm. You up, man. You up to bat. <laughs> my last one, uh, I don't know if I'll open – I don't know if I open a can of worms or beat a dead horse. I guess maybe one of both or both of them. But uh, you know, we all saw last year and to sum it up, I think one thing that I learned and I fear is that the demand for turkey hunting is gonna exceed its supply here pretty soon. And we all we've all heard about population declining in the southeast, so you know, and all that. But last year was a big eye opener for a lot of us in the in the amount of people in the woods. And I think there's a lot of people in the woods this year, which is a double-edged sword, as we all know. Um, but, you know, we all know that something needs to be done. Um, and I think we're all quick to blame the state um, for either lack of turkeys or not growing turkey populations. And I was thinking about it one day, and I heard – I forget where I heard it. But um, I know here in Tennessee we have, like, maybe 10% of public hunting lands in the entire state. And TWRA has control of those, that 10%. And if you think about it, you know, let's say I had a hundred acres and I could only manage 10% of that for wildlife. And let's say the other 90% was just bush hogged every year. It was just a big green field. You know, that's, there's not really much I could do about that. So what I'm, I think what I'm getting at is I think there needs to be some incentive for private land wildlife habitat management i don't know what that is uh so you know i guess complaining without a solution is called whining so i don't i don't i don't want to really whine about it i guess but uh i don't think you know i don't think these state agencies really they have some control about what they can do but i think we need to put a lot of effort into these these private lands and and managing those for turkeys because you think about back in the 90s and 20 years ago, I think was the heyday of turkey hunting. 
I mean, there was turkeys everywhere. Everybody was deer hunting, not as near as many people as turkey hunting. So we had turkeys all over the place. And then I know here around Nashville and middle Tennessee, uh, we've had booming population of people and farms are being sold off. You don't see the family farms as much as you used to. And so they're getting built up. They're housing developments put on there so there's a lot of habitat loss not on public lands but on private lands and it was just a real eye-opener for me this year uh riding around with a friend of ours um right before juvenile season and we were down in uh murray county and he had access to several private land spots and we were just riding around checking those spots and i mean in between everyone every one of those spots there was a couple of places where you're like yeah they used to be so-and-so's farm and they're putting a John Deere dealership there, you know, next year that used to be so-and-so spot there. It's getting subdivided, you know, it's getting sold off here in a little bit. So pub, uh, private, private land habitat is melting away, you know, right under our noses. And I think more focus needs to be on that. So I'll just leave it at that. That's good stuff. And I don't have a whole lot of statistics, statistics or anything like that to share, but I mean, it's obvious, you know, driving mm. around especially areas like where you live um there's constant developments and deer in a lot of ways they can coexist you know that's been proven um take what the seek one dudes are doing in atlanta and in that nashville and you know birmingham mm -hmm. we've we've all seen it deer deer will coexist with a lot of that stuff turkeys don't do that nearly as well mm -hmm. and um they're already you know fairly threatened even in places where there's tons of habitat and you know they're they're just so uh it's such a vulnerable animal animal i guess and so you know i think you're i think you're exactly right and i don't know what that looks like i don't know what that looks like on landowners or mm -hmm. um anything like that i don't know how you stop that uh because yeah. at the end of the day we i mean the human race is i guess the uh for lack of better term, the most important, right? You have to make room for people. And mm -hmm. so what do you do? You know? And so I think that creatively looking at something is a, is a good, a good thing, you know, being able to with like what you're involved with, with BHA, um, different, uh, NWTF turkeys for tomorrow. There's all kinds of different conservation efforts that a guy could get plugged in with to at least have a part in, you know, conserving some of that, uh, mm -hmm. that habitat and, and these wild turkeys. So, um, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying the government needs to step in and start telling people what they need to do on their own land or mm -hmm. anything like that. I'm, I would, I don't think I would ever vote or be in favor of something like that, Yeah, but I don't know if it's education or some kind of incentives, you know, we have the CRP programs and, you know, whatever else out there, which is good, but, hardly anybody signs up for those um that i know of they're there i mean and we all know people that have it but i just don't know what i don't know what the answer is but it's mm -hmm. just something i observed and i've heard about that there's a there's a lot more private land to focus on than there is public land and as much as we want to preserve and grow our public hunting <laughs> opportunities a lot of the a lot of the animals we hunt spend a lot of time on those private lands. You know, they yeah. they nest they nest on those lands or they roost on those lands or they feed on those lands or just whatever. There's something they do uh, because it's peaceful. They don't get the pressure. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer. Like I said, but I I would love to see more incentives for 
private land habitat management. That's good stuff. It's good, really good stuff. And if anybody listening to this has any type of ideas, that's something that uh, I think some brainstorming could be really cool on. So uh, mm-hmm. send us a message, send Joey a message, send whatever. Uh, get the conversation started on, on something like that. Drew, what mm-hmm. you got? Number three. Third and finally, I'm going to guess it is um, uh, pattern your shotgun or uh, <laughs> let's see, don't shoot trees. Uh, any of those? Am I close? Uh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> well, no, no. But I, I will say this: it's amazing how 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 much a pine tree and some vines can suck up a three and a half. Um, <laughs> I will say that much. No, it actually, uh, Parker, um, this will make sense once I say it. It kind of goes along with Joey's that um, one of the things that um, that I started doing this year was I actually started trapping. And and so um, and it's it's you can actually do a whole lot for your turkey population on your property or lease land, private land with not a whole lot of investment. You know, um, it, it's, it's kind of it's kind of cool. Um, I spent like. I think maybe 60, 70, 80 bucks. I got some of those Duke, Duke doll proof traps and I am no, and I am not a trapper. Like, I mean, you know, um, I've watched Jeremiah Johnson. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. You know? And, but that, that's it. You know? And so like, uh, I know I look like I should be and, and all that stuff, you know, like, yeah. Uh, but like, I just went out and bought some dog proof traps and I, I set them on some trails and I didn't know what I was doing, but in one night caught two of them. You know, and just it it was just crazy. Um, I was talking to one of our guys that's been on our club for a, uh, for a long time. And um, I was seeing a lot of turkey tracks or what I thought was a lot of turkey tracks and stuff. And he's like, man, he goes, it, this ain't nothing to what it was five, ten years ago. And there's only two or three guys that turkey hunt. So if we're not killing them, something else is, you know, or, or they're 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 killing the hatch. And so. Um, it's, it's, it's super simple guys. Like they're, they're like 12 bucks. You can go get them for $12 and, um, you put a marshmallow down the bottom of them. Then things walk up and snatch them. It really is very, very easy. And it can increase your Turkey population significantly. And so just piggybacking off what Joey said. And so, and also shoving in Parker's face because he thought I was, you know, talking about like a shotgun, how I can't shoot and all this stuff. <laughs> no, you can shoot. You can too <laughs> shoot. Um, hey, if, Joey, this is the best way I can describe it. Hunting with Parker is like hunting with your dad, who's 32 years old. <laughs> Golly. I thought about trying to pull up that clip, but we'd have to go through a whole bunch of stuff to get to it. Uh, uh, it so everybody it, could hear it. But. but on a serious note, guys, seriously, get you, get you a set of traps, man. It, I mean, it, anybody can do them. Literally, my, my uh, uh, five-year-old son set one. So, I mean, this it's not difficult. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Definitely. That's good stuff. I got to be there whenever uh, we walk up on, on, uh, actually we walked up on one of those coons right before our, uh, Mm -hmm. the, the heat of our really good turkey hunt right there. Um, that was cool. All right. So my third and final one is, uh, going to be kind of generic, but it is scouting. Um, and, and it's, it's a little different for me because scouting this year, uh, I did a lot of that. I, for whatever reason, I really got into squirrel hunting. Uh, I don't know why. I've never been into squirrel hunting, but I could take my daughter to do it, and it was a way for me to get out in the woods and uh, just, you know, walk around. I didn't hardly shoot any squirrels. I shot a few, but 
Um, I was doing a lot of turkey scouting during that time. And that was really my incentive for saying, you know what, bump this, bump this place. I'm not going to spend my time here because I'm not even finding scratch. I'm not finding anything worth turkey hunting. And uh, that's that was my incentive for moving to areas that I knew had higher turkey populations. Um, so my scouting this year really didn't do me any good as far as um, finding the best places. But it definitely, without a doubt, was the catalyst for me having a pretty pretty good turkey season um, here in Alabama and going to new places, which I talked about in my first uh, my first point. So, um, but in that same note, I think I hear this from guys who are killers. I hear it all the time that scouting is the way to make the most of your time. Most of us are working full-time jobs. We're, we've got wives. We've got kids. We've got priorities, things that we have to take care of. And going out and wasting time really doesn't need to be a part of that. <laughs> you know, that's that's not a priority. Where you can go out and spend your time more wisely by, you know, having a list. Go out and listening. Um, you know, listen for gobbles a month before season starts. Just start getting, uh, start getting a uh, a list put together of this is places, this is areas where there's turkeys at. What that does is it does a lot of things for you. You can um, start looking at maps, if especially if you've got a good beat on where a bird's gobbling at. Um, if he's doing it consistently in that same spot, you can start looking at maps and start thinking, how can I get in there? How can I, you know, get in there and take advantage of a, a good setup? Um, you know, you could get out in the woods and one after fly down walk over into those areas and really look at them and and be able to analyze and um you know like what you said joey about your setups um a lot of those things you wouldn't necessarily be able to do if you didn't know what that spot looked like and so Mm -hmm. i think i think we'd kill a whole lot more turkeys going back to my point too of uh obstacles Man, if we knew what it looked like, we'd be able to get into those obstacles, get get past mm-hmm. those obstacles or, or whatever. And so I think scouting is a, a really big deal, not only for finding turkey numbers, but finding the best way to, um, finding the best way to, you know, uh, approach a, a goblin turkey in a certain area. And I think uh, going off of that, I think one thing that hardly anybody does, and I do it, especially for out-of-state trips, uh, when you can't get to an area to really scout it before season, you know, so even if it's across the state or a few hours away or whatever, you know, you get busy and maybe you don't have the time to go out there, make the call to some property managers, those regional state agency offices, those guys have loads of information. And I know before, um, before Tennessee's quota hunt application, you know, that period come out, I was on the horn with, you know, the, a handful of those property managers for weeks, you know, of, of course, half of them didn't answer the phone for the first several days. And, you know, I kind of work in sales. I'm used to pestering people. So I'll call you until you answer the phone. <laughs> and uh, that's especially helped us going out West or just traveling in general. You know, when we first went to Nebraska, I was on the horn with all those people for, you know, months before, we made our trip and I stayed in communication with them. And then last year in Oklahoma, I had a, uh, I built a real good rapport with 
um, one of the biologists for Oklahoma, and he he would basically send me pins like and he gave me intel on new properties like walk-in areas that were not even open yet like hey these these places are going to be open in march you know a month before season and they haven't even been announced yet and uh, sure enough like a month you know march rolled around and i subscribed to the news oklahoma newsletter or whatever and sure enough they's like they said uh you know such and such areas or you know our new walk-in areas and uh but that was intel that I had before anybody else did. And uh, we killed birds on those places when we went out to Oklahoma. We didn't hardly see any birds anywhere, but those places we got we got a handful of birds. So even if it's just across the state, make, make that phone call and talk to those guys because they'll unload, they'll give you the farm. They'll tell you, hey, turkeys, turkeys are good here. Turkeys are bad. A lot of hunting pressure is not. Just, you know, ask them anything and ask about habitat projects just pick their brain about anything and save you some time uh before you go out there blind yeah that's good stuff just doing homework man i think doing homework um that could kill a lot of birds i think Mm -hmm. you know and it's fun it's like half the fun for me i love doing that yeah it's a part of the experience well fellas i've kept you guys up i know we all got kiddos to tend to and I, got, I still got dinner to eat. Uh, going to be honest with you, it's probably going to be ramen tonight. And uh, ramen and hot sauce has become a new love of mine. So Yeah. Uh, I got word that my kid fell down the stairs. And so if you heard that, that was the of my five-year-old. Okay, not the newborn. That's good. No, no. <laughs> That's good. I wouldn't be sitting here if it was the newborn. That's good. <laughs> so. Well, fellas, thanks a lot. Joey, thanks for coming on. Yeah, and guys, thanks so much, Joey guys listening to this thank you guys so much for tuning in make sure you check us out on facebook at southern ground hunting on instagram and on youtube um thanks again to all of our all of our partners who make this possible that's scree gear that's new canoe tethered nation and spartan forge check out those companies check out what they have to offer it's uh, all good stuff and uh, if you are still going hard at turkey season and trying to kill a gobbler if you're out in the woods maybe you're fishing maybe you're bird watching whatever you're doing out in the woods remember that god gave you dominion over the birds of the air the fish of the sea and the beasts of the earth so go out and exercise that dominion we'll talk to you next time